Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Hello and welcome to Nick's Nerd News. As per usual, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Nick. Thank you guys for listening. Got a little bit of different things today. Uh, mostly because there was so much news out of Gamescom, and then uh, D23 was this this past weekend as well, just wrapping up now, actually. Um, so we're just going to talk about a little bit of, of other major news, and then just get into the thick of each convention. Um, just because there's so much going on, and there's so much fucking to talk about. Jesus Christ, man, like, the, the entertainment world just kind of blew up this week, huh? Well, yeah, the, the, the only real big video game news and I mean like really big, was that wasn't at Gamescom, was that Sony has bought Insomniac Games. I mean, that that was kind of expected. They, they've been a second-party studio for, for, most of their, for most of their career, I guess you could say. Uh, they, they've only really made one Xbox exclusive, and that was Sunset Overdrive, which unfortunately we're probably not going to get a second one of. But, I mean, that, that's, uh, that's the breaks in life, is it not? And, I mean, they're coming off Spider-Man, which was, what should I say, uh, Spider-Man was their, like, best-selling PS4 game, best-selling, like, Sony game of all time. So, it, it makes sense. It makes sense that they would scoop them up and, and put them into their own stable of, of, of games and pretty much guarantees a Spider-Man 2, maybe. I, I, don't, I don't know anymore, considering... What we'll be talking about this week. I mean, I, I'm sure you guys know what what I'm I'm talking about, but it, it's um it's in, it's interesting. It's not it's not surprising at all, but it's it's interesting. That's for sure. I can't wait to see can't wait to see how how this affects things in the future. Like I said, unfortunately, we won't get a Sunset Overdrive two, which was such a great game. It really was, and and it's unfortunate that story won't continue. But let's get right into. Let's get right into the Gamescom news. That opening night that promised like all these reveals and stuff just was kind of a dud, at least to me. It didn't seem like anything major, major was announced. All that stuff just ended up being talked about later in the week. Nintendo announced about 30 new indie games coming to Switch. Uh, Hotline Miami Collection, Super Hot, which is on pretty much every platform these days. And then, uh, big surprise, Ori and the Blind Forest is coming to switch uh published by microsoft studios formerly an exclusive no word on if ori and the will of the wisps the upcoming sequel will be on switch though probably not probably not alienware announced a new 55 inch 4k oled computer gaming monitor will cost 4k four thousand uh, dollars and will have 120 hertz refresh rate so there's that if you have the cash to burn and are looking to uh get a nice little uh, monitor for yourself that's pretty much a TV, and uh, you're willing to fork out that much money, I'm sure that Alienware monitors just for you. Uh, Xbox also had their Inside Xbox, their monthly show, on uh, Tuesday of uh, last week. Um, obviously, they announce a lot of stuff. Uh, Gears 5, out in uh, just about a month from now. Horde mode is coming back. Uh, we'll feature some change-ups, so characters will have certain abilities. Um, but on top of that, they actually announced a Halo Reach pack. Uh, we'll come with skins where you can play as Spartan Emil or Spartan Cat. 
also have like Spartan or uh, Halo Reach themed items and cosmetics and weapons and things like this. So it's a pretty big crossover in terms of uh, in in terms of Xbox franchises. Um, but on top of that, though, uh, Gears Five will be releasing on Steam for the first time, and also uh, they're going to have a collaboration with Bape, um, which is a bathing ape. It's a clothing company known for their little more outrageous designs what's funny is rod ferguson the head of the coalition the studio behind uh behind gears was actually on a podcast unlocked on ign a couple weeks back and he was wearing a, a bape gears sweatshirt and i was looking everywhere for it and now i know it's uh it's only out now after it was announced at gamescom i remember bape was cool what maybe maybe 15 years ago no no 10 about 10 years ago um I mean, not as as popular as it was before in the U.S. I think it's more popular overseas now. But uh, you don't see it as much. At least, I don't see it as much. PUBG announced that crossplay is coming later in the year, uh, but only between consoles, so between PS4 and Xbox One. No PC crossplay at this time. And then NBA 2K just comes in and drops like an epic career mode. When did sports games start having like story modes that rivaled like actual games? Their career mode will include Idris Elba, Rosario Dawson, Ernie Hudson, Mark Cuban, Lamorne Morris, who you might know from New Girl, LeBron James, Thomas Middle Middleditch. Like, this is insane. Plus a, a plenty of other NBA players. Like, like, whoa. It's getting ridiculous. The amount of people they fit in and the story they try to tell. And, and they're getting, like, big-name actors. I mean, this has been going on for a couple years now. Uh, 2K started a while back. Then Madden did something with uh, Mahershala Ali. Like, it's it's um, it's going on for, for for a while. And I'm, I'm, I'm all for it, really. I am getting 2K for the first time in a couple years, uh, mainly because my favorite player, D-Wade, is on it. He's going to be in on the special edition wearing those awesome Miami Heat Sunset Vice jerseys, the black with the... The pink and the turquoise. I actually have that jersey, but I mean, I'm I'm honestly just getting it for D Wade. But uh, that's different. <laughs> that's half collector's item. I do like playing the NBA games, so it, it's a win-win, win-win, if you, if you will. Then uh, Minecraft, uh, hot off the heels of canceling the Super Duper Graphics Pack, they announced a Minecraft RTX edition. Which, if you have an RTX graphics card in your computer, you'll be able to take advantage of the new graphics pack that's coming that, whoa, like, like, looks even better than the super duper, super duper graphics pack. The lighting is next level, it looks like a modern AAA game, the water looks real, it, the, the different blocks, if you will, the, the, the pixelated blocks that you build everything with look amazing. It, it, it honestly looks like as if, if Minecraft was coming out today, almost, that, that's how amazing that's how amazing the, the, the RTX graphics pack w looks like. And granted, it's an RTX. Not everyone has a, a $2,000... Not everyone has a $2,000 graphics card. So that, that makes sense, really. It's not surprising. It's not surprising. But we'll see more of that when it actually releases. Then, as, uh, as it went on, we got some more Stadia news. Uh, Google Stadia, which launches uh, in a couple months from now. Uh, they announced a whole lot of new games for it, including Cyberpunk 2077 will be coming to Stadia. Orcs Must, Orcs Must Die 3 was announced as a Stadia exclusive, actually. The new Destroy All Humans reboot is coming back, or remake, I should say. Uh, Mortal Kombat 11 will be coming to Stadia, as well as Super Hot. 
So now that it's on Switch and Stadia, I don't I don't think there's anything it's not on. <laughs> Super Hot's really fun, actually. Kind of going into Stadia though, this is clearly meant to be Stadia is clearly meant to be for someone who doesn't want to spend the money on a console or a PC and has really great internet and just wants to game on their TV because obviously you're not going to be able to get some of the high level textures and things like that that you get on a on a PC or a, a console and 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 stuff but it is something for those like I said who don't want to spend who don't want to spend the the 4 or 500 dollars which more than likely what PS5 and the next Xbox will probably cost based off the capabilities they're going to have uh, so so someone can spend 150 on it and then buy the games as well and not have to worry about a physical library or anything like that. They don't have to worry about installing. They'll just be able to press a button and the game will instantly start because it's going to be streaming from Google servers. Now again, you need to be have you need to have a, a decent internet connection so that that's the only downside. Not everyone has that capability and some people have limits on on the amount of of data they can use, so streaming might not be an option. So it all comes down to what's the most cost-effective reason or cost-effective option for you. So just if you're one of those gamers who maybe doesn't want to commit to the next console and has a good, a solid internet, Stadia might be for you. Uh, also announced is a Comanche reboot. Uh, Comanche was a, a helicopter multiplayer game back in the 90s. And this new one looks awesome. It's uh, going to be PvP, so multiplayer again. Uh, essentially just a you and a bunch of other people in helicopters fighting each other we'll see how how that stabilizes though i don't know i mean that will be a, a good alternative to world of warships or world of tanks uh the world at war games also announced was a sequel to kerbal space program so kerbal space program 2 is coming looks like they uh, upped the graphics a bit on the next one and the the fidelity i should say and the uh not the fidelity, but the uh, uh, the minor details on, on things. Uh, we also got a new trailer for Predator Proving Grounds, the PS4 exclusive. This game looks really rough. I, I don't know when when it's releasing, but that does not look ready for prime time. I'll, I'll say that. It, it, it definitely needs some work. Whatever Ubisoft did in, in Ghost Recon Wildlands last year is like far and away. And that was just like minor DLC stuff. That is like far and away leaps and bounds better than what this game is looking to be yeah i i uh i don't i don't know i don't know what they're thinking over there but they definitely definitely need to work on some things with it got some new new gameplay video from disintegration the new game from marcus leto who uh is the co-creator of halo i used to work at bungie it's got a very Destiny vibe to it. Uh, it's a first-person shooter and a strategy game at once. Uh, it has my attention right now. I, I don't really know a whole lot about what's going on. They don't really explain too much. It looks like you pilot this, like, gunship type thing that's almost like a, a hover bike. And then you have, like, a squad of teammates that you... They just showed off multiplayer, that is. They didn't really show off campaign or single-player much. They called it a first-person shooter, but weren't really boots on the ground. It was more, like I said, on this hoverbike gunboat type thing. So, and even multiplayer seemed kind of, like, all over the place. But I, I'm... This is something I'm definitely going to be keeping my eye on. going to be watching this for quite a while. Quite a while. 
Uh, Switch also announced, uh, Nintendo and CD Projekt Red announced that The Witcher 3 will be releasing on Switch October 15th. So if uh, you never got it on the other two consoles or PC, now you can get it on Switch if you have a Switch. But kind of going back to to monitors here, HP also announced their new X27-inch monitor, uh, 240 hertz refresh rate QHD gaming monitor. Uh, It is FreeSync, so if you do have NVIDIA, it doesn't have G-Sync. It is HDR, and that will retail for $649, so a little bit lower on the price scale. Unlike the OLED Alienware, or QLED, OLED, yeah. It can't do true black because it can't turn off individual pixels, but that is... It does something else I was reading that uh, keeps it from having that, like, gray line around black coloring. That's going to release right later in the year, 649. Still no word on when Razer's going to release their monitor, which I'm more interested right now than any other monitor, purely for the cable management capabilities on it, but... That's what's going on there. We also got news of what's coming in Mortal Kombat 11's Combat Pack 1. Uh, Shang Tsung, who came out a couple weeks back, uh, Night Wolf just released, and now announced the Terminator T-800 being represented as Arnold from the upcoming Terminator movie, Uh, Dark Fate. Got, like, the red robot eye showing and, and some other patches. Looks fucking awesome. Uh, too bad Arnold's not going to be voicing the character. Maybe they'll just pull lines from the movies or something. That releases October 8th to coincide with the film. Uh, Sindel, Mortal Kombat mainstay, will release on November 26th. Uh, Unexpected is a uh, version of the Joker, which will release next June... Or January 28th, excuse me. Not June, January 28th. Uh, kind of looks like a younger Joker. Doesn't look, really look like the Joker from Injustice, so it, a different Joker. And then what everyone's been waiting for and was heavily implied, Spawn will release on Mortal Kombat 11, March 17th of 2020. And there's a big game story we're getting to before we get into some other things. Uh, Maneater, which was, I think, announced last year at E3 or this year at E3 where you get to play a shark... They had some new stuff shown off at, at at Gamescom where, like, depending on where you are, you can fight, like, other apex predators, like a, a barracuda or a sperm whale or a, a, a gator. And, like, this game was just whatever to me when they first announced it, but more and more they keep showing, and, and I am very interested in playing a game where you get to be a shark and just fuck around as a shark. That just sounds awesome. Like, really fucking awesome. I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see see how that goes. That should be that should be fun to play. I think it's just PC right now, though. And then Planet Zoo has completely captured my attention. Uh, Planet Zoo is, is uh, being hailed as the spiritual successor to Zoo Tycoon, which is one game I played the shit out of. I made sure to get the expansion and everything. My freshman year of college, I played more Zoo Tycoon than I think any other game uh, in between, you know, when I was studying and homework and things like this. Like, I bought a disk drive for my laptop to make sure I could play this game. I got all the expansions, and I think I I mastered, like, every scenario. But Planet Zoo is being made by uh, Frontier, who did the amazing, amazing... Jurassic World Evolution, which you guys know I have played the shit out of as well. Um, I didn't pick up their Planet Coaster until this weekend, actually. It's on sale on Steam right now. And 
I am. I can't wait. I I never realized Frontier actually made Roller Coaster Tycoon Two, uh, another game I I cherished from my childhood. Really didn't know what the hell was going on back then. A lot of games when I was a kid, I would just like play. And I think as an adult, I I kind of got better at playing them. I, I, anyway, Frontier worked on Roller Coaster Tycoon. Their expansions actually, and then Roller Coaster Tycoon Three. They did the Thrillville game. The Zoo Tycoon for Connect, a lot of different Connect games, but I, like I said, I love the Roller Coaster Tycoon games, and I and I think now I'll I'll be able to to better understand those games, and obviously understand money, and not gonna build like crazy roller coasters that no one's gonna go on, um, because that was my problem in the old ones, like I wouldn't know how to make a coaster, because it would just kind of like blow up in my face, kinda, and it'd be so intense no one would want to ride it, but Planet Zoo released a whole lot of alpha gameplay it releases in in november and if if i didn't know any better i would have thought it was zoo tycoon like two a sequel to zoo tycoon not not the connect one that launched on xbox one but the og microsoft published zoo tycoon from like the early 2000s like the like that one the theme song that I think will forever be ingrained in my head for the rest of my life. Like I even had, I had a computer in like a living room back in high school and we'd all be hanging out like everybody. And then people would just like sit at the computer and play Zoo Zoo Tycoon. Like while everyone was just hanging out. Like that's what was done (laughs) when we were hanging out. That's how much of a influence this game had on me, my friends and things like this. So Planet Zoo is definitely something that I was not thinking about two months ago but is now something that's going to be on my mind for the next three months before it releases. And the biggest news to come out of Gamescom, this is all Gamescom still, and we're uh, this is we're just kind of finishing up on, on Gamescom here. Biggest news, though, was all the new stuff to come out of Marvel's Avengers coming from Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics. And my biggest question, where the fuck was this stuff at E3, Okay. The amount of hate, the amount of, like, questioning all the nonsense that came out of E3 is almost... Uh, look, I'm not 100% sold on this game yet. I'll, I'll, I will say that. But there's a lot of things that I'm not as worried about in these anymore. This game looks a lot better. It looks a little more cleaned up, more polished. And uh, I- I'm still on the on the fence. Um, the Thor gameplay looks amazing, though. Uh, the, the Hulk stuff looks really cool. The... The Iron Man stuff has has potential. And and then they announced a bunch of new details. So the game... Let me just go on this. Uh, it's an original, never-told story. Let me see. Captain America is in the game. The main villain is AIM, or Advanced Idea Mechanics. No word on if MODOK will be there. Uh, Taskmaster is the first villain. It's not the same Taskmaster from Spider-Man on PS4. Uh, new stories will be told in post-launch as more characters are added. They said the game will continue to expand for years to come. It's being referred to as an expansive world. It's not open world. Uh, there's going to be like a, a missions map. There will be some multiplayer missions. When you unlock certain characters, the main campaign, special multiplayer missions open up around those characters. No details yet on co-op or matchmaking. Games tutorial is what introduces you to all the characters. That's kind of the thing they've been showing off on the on the Golden Gate Bridge. Each character has a, a, a light and heavy melee attack. Heroes have uh, signature abilities. 
There's also a special heroic attack. Each hero will have individual skill trees for your customization. Thor can be played as like a, a flying type or a more tank type character. You can unlock skills and swap them during gameplay. And uh, cosmetic items can be obtained throughout the story. Uh, that's ways to visually represent how different characters are growing and evolving with the story. You can also purchase them from the in-game marketplace. Uh, none of the cosmetics will affect gameplay. All cosmetics will be built up over the 80-year history of Marvel, so you can get stuff from the past, present, future. Uh, it will in, in feature both original pieces and fan favorites. Regions and heroes... Uh, this is the biggest thing, though. Regions and heroes will be added post-launch at no additional charge, as well as story beats that are part of that will be at no additional charge in the DLC. Uh, going back to gear, though, real quick. Uh, as you play through the missions, you'll get different gear. Uh, there's secret beyond legendary tier of items. Uh, gear is unique to each character. You can get special branded gear, like they specified Stark Industries set of items. The gear you equip will affect your heroes and how they play. Uh, it also features perks, depending on rarity. And uh, some higher level ones can feature multi multiple perks. So, so far... I'm liking what I'm hearing every day about this game. And like I said, I'm, I'm still not 100%, but I'm, I'm a lot higher up than like 20%, getting closer to 50. And obviously as more time comes out, I'll, I'll be a little more open and a little more forgiving. But from if this is all the stuff they had shown at E3, I definitely wouldn't have been as sour on the game as I was back then. Because whoever decided to show off what they did at E3 should be fired. And I don't know why they held off till Gamescom, because that, to me, personally, I felt was a mistake. Uh, that was a mistake made by someone. But that's it for gaming news out of Gamescom. <laughs> like I said, this week, uh, now we're just going to kind of move on to everything that was announced at D23. Um, however, there is some stuff I do want to talk about movie-wise that was pretty major. But first, uh, with next week being the first week of, of September... I quickly want to go over Netflix. So leaving Netflix on September 1st, uh, Too Fast, Too Furious, as well as The Fast and the Furious and Tokyo Drift, A Clockwork Orange, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, Eight-Legged Freaks, Disney's Hercules, Harold and Kumar 2, or Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo Bay, uh, Disney's Mulan, obviously all the Disney movies are leaving to be on Disney Plus in November, The Hangover, leaving on the 9th is Lilo and Stitch 1 and 2, obviously another Disney thing. And then ninth, uh, on the 14th is Pocahontas. Oh, surprise, surprise. Uh, however, joining Netflix in September on the 1st, uh, New 300, or not New 300, just 300, Dante's Peak, Stripes, Superbad, The Two Towers, and Return of the King. Return, or, uh, You Don't Mess with the Zohan, which I think is a really funny Adam Sandler movie. On September 10th, we're getting a new Bill Burr stand-up special. On the 12th, Netflix's new show, The Island, uh, which is uh, interesting, looks interesting, uh, causing a bit of controversy online as well. On the 20th, uh, we're getting Between Two Ferns, the movie. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to be a movie. And then Disenchantment Part 2, so the almost a year later for the continuation of the Matt Gronig uh, produced and, and, and uh, created show that's uh, like a fantasy take. So that's your Netflix news for September. And then we do have some pretty major movie news uh, before we get into D23, which just dropped a whole bunch of fucking bombs between Friday and Saturday and Sunday. 
all three days of the weekend, really. Uh, the Matrix 4 is official. Uh, no word yet on, on anything else, really. But Keanu and Carrie Ann Moss are returning, and it will be directed by Lana Wachowski. So the Wachowskis, previously the brothers and now sisters, uh, the Wachowskis created the film almost 20 years ago, the original. Uh, no, 20 years ago, uh, 1999. And that... I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of surprised to see that both of them are not coming back to re- to that direct. Um, no word on when that will start or or release, but the Matrix Four is happening. I don't understand how the story will go, because you know some deaths that happened at the end of uh, Re- Revelations was that the third one Resurrection. I don't even know. The second and third one just kind of blend together for me. Some big news, though. Far From Home, Spider-Man Far From Home, became Sony's highest-grossing film. And with that, we had the biggest fucking bombshell of the year. Uh, Not the week, the year. And it's ridiculous. Uh, Disney and Sony, uh, per deadline, have walked away from negotiations with each other regarding the Spider-Man in the MCU. And, uh, yeah. So... Uh, previously, Disney had a deal where they would get 5% of the first gross, uh, so that's from the opening weekend. Uh, granted, M- Disney had the re- rights to merchandising and all this, Sony only had the film rights, so Disney still made a lot of money off, off the movies. Apparently, they had wanted to get a 50-50 deal, which would be production and revenue, so they would pay for 50% of the costs, and they would also take 50% of the revenue, which, not unreasonable, but again, with Disney, it's a little heavy-handed. Um, obviously Sony coming off their most successful movie ever would be a little bit, uh, uh, bolder in terms of saying no to Disney, especially with Venom making $800 million despite not great critical ratings. Movie goer reviews were a little, little more friendly, but critics obviously were not. But, uh, some other news actually came out of all this. Apparently Kevin Feige had secretly worked on Venom. Uh, without credit, Sony is also working on two more Ho- Tom Holland-led Spideys, and uh, no word yet, though, on if John Watts is attached for those. I know Tom Holland had been contracted for a third Spider-Man film, and all of this, though, meanwhile, talks had apparently been ongoing for months. No word on if if they'll resume at any point uh, after this public breakup, where a lot of great memes. Fans have been quick to boycott Sony. Fans are blaming Disney. There's blame all over the place. What's funny, though, is Tom Holland apparently unfollowed Sony on Instagram and then posted pictures with Robert Downey Jr., and it's uh, ridiculous. The third script is being written, which, I mean, what? without the MCU, there's so many plot lines you have to abandon. The killer villains, so the Vulture would have to be completely rewritten. Mysterio would have to be completely rewritten because Tony Stark was heavily involved. Hell, the whole idea of Tony Stark being a mentor to Peter is gone. Happy Hogan, gone, and his whole thing with Peter. It's like, you'd have to reboot, essentially, uh, everything in in terms of what would happen. And I I just, I don't think, I don't trust Sony anymore. They haven't made a good Spider-Man movie in almost 20 years. Spider-Verse is a exception to the rule. Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 were okay at best. They were nowhere near Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2. The, the, the Raimi films. Spider-Man 3, that started a decline. I, I don't trust Sony anymore. And I thought Homecoming was one of the best Spider-Man movies I'd seen in a long time. Only for Far From Home to come out and, and be almost as good as Spider-Man 2. 
And Disney has yet to issue an official statement. Uh, Sony did say that they were dis disappointed but respect Disney's decision to not have Kevin Feige continue as a lead producer on our next live-action Spider-Man film. A deal might still be reached between Disney... Oh, and then Deadline says a deal might still be reached between Disney and Sony, but there are no talks currently going on. Hollywood Reporter then said Sony is set to part ways with Marvel Studios. Uh, then also Hollywood Reporter says Sony Film Studio Chief Tom Rothman and Marvel President Kevin Feige have been talking for months. In the end, neither party was willing to cede enough ground to come to an agreement, leading to the breakup of the partnership and removal of Feige from his producing role on any future Spider-Man movies from Sony. I, I just, it's a lot of mudslinging being thrown around and I don't know what's true anymore, what's not true anymore. And there's, there's just so much, so much to unpack here. So, Mar uh, yeah, so he's out of the, the, the MCU and, and Marvel had kind of been hinting at that with everything they announced at E3 and now D23, but I just, it'll be interesting to see. So this is what it said, uh, the original Sony Marvel Spidey deal to co-produce these movies stipulated that if Far From Home cleared a billion, Marvel would get to oversee a third. If it hadn't, full control would have reverted back to Sony. Spider-Man made over a billion dollars. So, I, I don't understand, I thought that was part of the deal. I guess something happened where renegotiations re happened some point in the past and changed things up. But, I mean, we got a lot of different celebrities that were part of the franchise weighed in when it was posted somewhere. Jeremy Renner like made a, ha a sad face on Instagram. John Favreau said after all that time, it took 10 years for him to get to a good relationship. It's still early days as a fan. I'm cautiously hopeful that something will come together because I think all the fans want to see those characters together. I don't mean happy in May. I mean, Spidey with the MCU, obviously. Um, he also said, so still early days, things don't always what you read isn't always indicative of where things are now, so hopefully I'll find out more while I'm here. But as a fan, I'm hopeful that, you know, cautiously optimistic, holding out hope that this isn't the final chapter of that story. Which would suck, because he, the MCU will be fine without Spidey. Will Sony and Spidey be fine without the MCU, though, is, is a bigger question. And also, uh, Tom Holland and Kevin Feige actually responded to the whole thing. And Tom Holland said, basically, we've made five great movies, been five amazing years, I've had the time of my life, who knows what the future holds, but all I know is that I'm going to continue playing Spider-Man and having the time of my life. It's going to be so fun, however we choose to do it. The future for Spider-Man will be different, but it will be equally as awesome and amazing, and we'll find new ways to make it even cooler. That That's, I mean, he kind of has to say that. He's contracted by Sony, can't really break anything. Feige, though, on the other hand, said, Feeling about Spider-Man gratitude and joy. We got to make five films within the MCU with Spider-Man, two standalone, and three with the Avengers. It was a dream that I never thought would happen. It was never meant to last forever. We knew there was a finite amount of time that we'd be able to do this, and we told the story we wanted to tell, and I'll always be thankful for that. Which, again, he's just playing words. He's the head of the studio. He's got to make certain things come off as nice. My thing, though... Like I said, I don't trust Sony. If I were Disney, I don't advocate for Disney buying Sony because then they'll get too big. But what I think, if, if I was in charge, I would almost go with like a nuclear option, like the last thing possible. And that would be like cancel all Spider-Man comics despite, like Spider-Man is one of the most popular superheroes. Spider-Man, it's always Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, like top three, always. 
You ask anyone, they know those three superheroes right off the bat. And that was before the MCU. Now Iron Man, Thor, Cap are, are higher, yes. Are, are up in that upper echelon, if you will. But with Sony and Marvel owning pretty much everything in regards to Spider-Man other than the film rights, the nuclear option to me, I think, would be cancel all Spider-Man comics. Do not make a single more Spider-Man toy, not even for a potential movie. No more Spider-Man merchandise anywhere. And obviously this nuclear option is not going to happen anymore after what happened at D23, which we'll get to in a minute. But just essentially devalue the Spider-Man brand in a way that would hurt Sony and force them to give back the, whatever Marvel characters they own to, to Disney and have Disney find a way to get them. That's my that's my opinion. I, I know that's a nuclear option that would never happen. Any person with business sense would never allow something like that to happen. But I'm just saying modern problems require modern, <laughs> modern solutions. Okay, and and you if Dis, Sony wants to play hardball and thinks that they they got big cojones now now that they had a, their best movie ever and Venom did well and they want to stand up to the big boy Sony or Disney let them let them try I mean we'll see what a a Tom Holland Spider Man looks like without the MCU attachment but at the same time let's see how Morbius the Living Vampire does and see how that turns out for Sony. Because if that doesn't do well, that just proves that Sony doesn't know what the hell they're doing. And almost like Fox and how they were just kind of bumbling along at the end with the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. But it's unfortunate that this happened. I hope a deal is reached. Disney doesn't need 50-50. Disney could do a 30-40 and they'll be perfectly fine. They could be a 20, do a 20-80. They'd be perfectly fine. It, it's just... Uh, uh, yeah. So... And again, they, they all reported that the talks have only stalled. They haven't, they haven't ended completely. So there's still a future possibility out there somewhere. Who knows? Uh, with that, though, we move on to D23, Disney's, I think, annual or biannual convention. Uh, obviously standing for Disney and 1923, the year Walt founded the company. And we got a lot of news regarding Disney Plus, upcoming movies, things like this. So we'll, we'll start with all the Disney Plus stuff. Um, as we know, it, it comes out on November 12th here in the United States. Uh, it will release in Canada on November 12th for $8.99 Canadian dollars a month. Uh, the Netherlands on November 12th for $6.99 Euros a month, uh, $6.99. Australia on November 19th for $8.99 a month Australian dollars. And New Zealand, $9.99 a month in New Zealand dollars, uh, also on the 19th. Surprising, though, is no United Kingdom announcement. That's more shocking than anything. And no France. Like, I know those are two, and no no Mexico, and no, um, no Spain. Last time I checked, the UK probably consumes as much Disney as the United States does. And then no France? I mean, there's literally a Disneyland in Paris. Like, uh, I mean, I know they'll support those languages at launch, but it's like... Hopefully those are coming. That could hurt in some way, right? And I, I think we announced this before. It will be available on all Apple devices, Apple TV, Apple TV app. Um, you can subscribe within Apple TV, uh, iPhone, iPad, Mac, uh, all Google devices, essentially. Android devices, tablets, phones, uh, Android smart TVs, uh, Chromecast devices, Xbox One, PS4, Roku, but no Amazon Fire Stick. So no Amazon Fire TV either. So just be aware. If you own an Amazon Fire device for your television, 
you will not be able to get Disney Plus, at least not at launch. And now on to the main Disney 23 panel, or the Disney Plus panel, which blew the lid off the place. A new Lizzie McGuire sequel series was announced. Hilary Duff will be back playing herself. Uh, that excited a lot of people. Uh, also announced as High School Musical, the musical, the series, which is about the high school that where High School Musical was filmed, and they're producing a musical version of High School Musical, and it's all fictional still. That's super meta. Also a series called Encore, which brings um, adult men and women back together uh, after they had performed plays in high school drama. Uh, brings them back as adults to see if they can perform the play again. As well as, uh, this, a lot of this stuff was announced on Dis Disney Plus's Instagram account, which like just recently popped up. Um, then they posted all weekend, obviously. I'm just going to read you some other shows. Um, Forky Asks a Question, starring Forky from Toy Story 4. Uh, Monsters at Work, which does not have a date yet, um, but takes place literally as Monsters, Inc. ends. So a, a, a kid graduates from Monsters University and learning how to scare, only to start working at, at Monsters, Inc. to learn that now they have to... Um, teach people how to how to laugh uh Phineas and Ferb the movie and what's this Noel which looks really funny it's a Disney movie or a Christmas movie that's going to be on Disney plus starring Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader as Santa Claus ki Santa Claus's kids um also a documentary called One Day at Disney which is a inside look at people working at Disneyland which looks really cool you don't really get to see that a lot of times with Disney they're very secretive and then a whole bunch of other movie news. Uh, we've got a trailer for Lady and the Tramp, which looks interesting, to say the least. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that movie just yet. Looks different. Looks different, looks interesting. Live action, obviously. Live action remake. But... It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, uh, going back to Noel for a second, that Christmas movie, Billy Eichner's gonna be in it as well, so sign me the fuck up, That I'll just say that. Um, we're getting a new unscripted Muppet show, which will feature celebrity cameos. And, uh, also, uh, because there's gonna be Nat Geo stuff on there, it's called The World According to Jeff Goldblum. I'm all for this show, I love Jeff Goldblum. Getting to experience the world through him will be a world experience in, in, in itself. In itself, if you ask me. Um, that's going to be awesome. And then uh, on to Marvel. Uh, got a lot of news on the Marvel shows. Um, got some, some sizzle stuff from What If, which is I think still a year and a half away, if not two years. Um, which is like the What If stories. If something had changed just a tiny bit. In, in the movies. Uh, one of them is a Captain Carter. Where Peggy Carter gets the serum instead. And, and Cap uh, gets this like almost Mark I Iron Man type suit. Um, a, a version where Winter Soldier fights a zombie version of Captain America. And, and plenty of others. Most of the voice. Most of the MCU cast will reprise their roles. Um, some new news on Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, which will start filming next year. 
uh, will feature Shannon Carter as well as U.S. Agent. Um, I wonder how that will tie in to, to, to Falcon taking over his cap. Uh, the Loki show is ready. That's going to be... Uh, I think they're still writing the scripts, but that's going to start filming next year as well. Then we got some news on WandaVision. Uh, sorry, Loki's going to be about 10 hours in length, I think they said. Actually, no, sorry. That's for the Star Wars shows. We'll get to there in a second. Uh, WandaVision, they, they kind of tease it as like a Dick Van Dyke vibe. Kind of like old school sitcom. Um, Kat Dennings is reprising her role from the Thor movies. Randall Park is reprising his roles from the Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, an older version of Monica Rambeau, who was the younger daughter in, in Captain Marvel. And then Catherine Hahn are also joining um, joining the show. And the, the poster they released looks exactly almost like the, the Vision comic where he like has a life of his own, um, but it still had a very 50s, 50s vibe to it. Uh, and then Marvel announced uh, three new shows of three new characters joining the MCU. Uh, we are getting a, a Miss Marvel show. No word on if that's animated or live action. A Moon Knight show. Uh, Moon Knight is essentially like the Marvel version of, of Batman, except his costume is all white. And then a She-Hulk show. No word on production dates, cast, or anything like this. Just that they were announced and they're coming. Now, let's get to the big news of the D23. The Star Wars news. Clone Wars 7th and final season will premiere in early 2020. Dave Filoni also teasing that this is not going to be the end of Ahsoka's story. So who knows if maybe we'll get more uh, post-Clone Wars stuff, pre-Rebels. The Cassian Andor show uh, with K2SO starts filming early next year. The scripts are still currently being written and uh, it's expected to be about 10 hours long. So it's probably just going to be a one season show. Uh, we have new names for the eras of Star Wars, uh, so no more prequel, no more original series or original trilogy. It is now the Age of Republic, which obviously consists of Clone Wars, uh, prequel movies, things beforehand, stuff like that. Age of Rebellion, which is Solo, Rogue One, A New Hope, uh, 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 Empire Strikes Back, things like this. And then Age of Resistance, which is pretty much everything in the sequel trilogy timeline. We got the trailer for The Mandalorian. Uh, is it's Season 2 is, is ready to go. The trailer for The Mandalorian gives me such high hopes. Clearly going to have like a PG-13 rating. There's some really fucking cool shots in this. I just found out Bill Burr is going to be in the show. I don't know how that slipped past everything I've been reading for the past month, almost a year. Um, there's some really cool shots of IG-11, which is the droid character Taika Waititi is playing. Um, some really cool Death Trooper shots with Giancarlo Esposito's character. The The costume for Pedro Pascal as the Mandalorian looks amazing. The ship looks cool. All the different locales they showed off look amazing. There are some really awesome shots, though, in the trailer. I would definitely check it out. It gives me such high hopes for the show. I mean, it's Jon Favreau. I, I, I mean, I knew he was going to do 
pretty well. His most of his movies are always very well done. Hell, Iron Man one and two. <laughs> like, did we have any doubts? Come on. And then it is official. The Obi Wan show is coming. The scripts have already been written. It will film next year, and it will be a mini series type. So it's only going to be about four hours in length, which I think is probably perfect. Um, it takes place around the same time as Solo, so about 10, 13 years after Revenge of the Sith. Um, obviously, we won't get a live-action recreation of the scene from Rebels where he fights Maul one more time. Um, but I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be ready. Ewan came out on stage. It was it was beautiful. Oh, I'm so happy that it's official. Uh, no word on on what that's going to be called yet, though. Um, and then just some final Disney Plus news got announced as well. Uh, 4K HDR, you can have up to four concurrent streams on multiple devices on one account. You can have family accounts, uh, almost like Netflix, it seemed like. Uh, it will support Do Dolby Atmos on devices that support Dolby Atmos, and it will allow for unlimited downloads as well, so if you wanted to save content. Um, now on to the Disney Movie panel. Uh, had a lot of stuff coming out of there as well. Um, they showed off stuff for Jungle Cruise. Um, a lot of things, they said it was reminiscent of Indy, Romancing the Stone, The Mummy. Um, had a lot of those, uh, like Doc Savage vibes. Uh, really good chemistry between The Rock and Emily Blunt. Obviously, this is based off the, the ride at uh, Disneyland. So, um, some kind of action movie, at least. Romancing the Stone gives me a lot of high hopes. That's a great movie with Michael Douglas. And it had that like adventure vibe, almost like indie. So that, that's good. Uh, also showed off footage from Mulan, which is an intense place right now. Um, I don't really want to touch that, but Disney's going to be in a, a weird place. Mainly because the protests going on in Hong Kong, which are completely justifiable. Uh, but the star of Mulan seems to be ba backing mainland China, which obviously makes sense because she doesn't want to be thrown in jail. Disney's going to stay mum because they don't want to ruin their chances of their movie. Um, but from multiple outlets, I read that that, that footage was, was, was moving, emotional. Um, it was a, a recreation of the scene um, of Mulan meeting with, with the matchmaker from the old cartoon film. But I... Uh, be interesting. Be interesting to see how that that works out. Um, got our first image of the Cruella movie, which is the live action movie about Cruella Deville, where Emma Stone plays Cruella. Takes place in the '70s, very punk rock vibe, almost counterculture. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't. Why does she have an afro? Yeah, that's kind of weird. I, I don't. I'm not feeling it. We'll see. Emma Stone's a good actress, though, so. Got a lot of news about uh, Pixar's new movies. The first one, Soul, they announced uh, this is their fall movie next year. Uh, we'll start Jamie Foxx um, as a person. So I guess in this world, souls go through like a, a training day before they enter your human. I guess Jamie Foxx's soul, his character after he passes, his soul goes through that training afterwards. Uh, David Diggs will also be in it, Questlove and Tina Fey, the always lovely Tina Fey. And also got uh, footage from Onward, their new film with Chris Pratt and Tom Holland, which apparently the chemistry is, is amazing following, you know, their chemistry in 
Endgame and, and uh, Infinity War. Uh, a lot of great fun. Uh, they sh- the, the, the stuff they showed off, the footage is about them trying to bring their father back. They're on a quest to bring magic back to the world. I guess magic has disappeared at some time in the past, which kind of makes sense in like a modern fantasy type land where people drive cars and and things and fairies and wizards and things used to used to exist so yeah it's it's an interesting concept i i'm i'm digging it i like the way it looks so far what they've shown and then they also announced their new film uh raya and the last dragon uh comes out thanksgiving next year a very southeastern asian influenced um aquafina is going to play the dragon um and then some other actresses and then also got some news on, on Frozen 2. And Ave, Evan Rachel Wood will be joining the cast. Uh, Evan Rachel Wood of Westworld fame. And uh, not a whole lot of story information. That film comes out later this year, though. Uh, then got some stuff on Marvel. Uh, got a new poster for Black Widow showing off David Harbour in costume. Uh, Black Widow will have a white costume. They shut off a, a pretty much a... a a different version of the footage from Comic-Con. Um, she will be fighting ca- uh, ta- Taskmaster in the film. Um, action looks good from from what people that were there said. Um, information on the Eternals. We got to see the costumes that all the characters were playing. And uh, news that Kit Harington will be joining the film. That's two Game of Thrones alums in, in the Eternals. And he'll be playing uh, the character that might one day become the Black Knight which is a character in Marvel Comics. Got a release date for Black Panther 2, which is what it's being called right now. No official title yet. Ryan Coogler is back, and that will release in May of 2022. So, three years. Two years. Two and a half years, I should. Um, yeah, just about, just over two and a half years. And then, of course, we're all here for the Star Wars news. Star Wars Rise of the Skywalker um, got a new poster, which I like mostly. Um, There's this silhouette or fading image of the Emperor, which I'm not feeling. It's a little too cartoony for the poster, which shows Rey and Kylo fighting on something in in the water, either a ship. Um, They did show off a sizzle reel. Unfortunately, that has not been released to the public just yet. Hopefully this week it will be, but it was described as um, we get to see a lot of the new characters, a lot of the new planets. I guess there's a scene where C-3PO has red eyes, we hear the Emperor talk, a new line of dialogue, and then this the thing at the end, though, which is a kicker, which a whole lot of theories going on, uh, it shows Rey in a, a dark robe, and then you see her ignite what looks to be two red lightsabers. Yes, I said red lightsabers. And then it like flips down like in like a spring action mode. Um, People described it as a similar lightsaber that was seen in the Clone Wars um, and in the Rebels, I guess. I'll have to see it. If they release the footage, I'll I'll have to take a look and, and try to get a better understanding. But now there's a new theory. Is Rey turning the dark side? Is... Is it a clone? Is is it um, a force vision? 
nobody knows. Nobody knows. But I just want to see what this fucking footage looks like. I I can't. I'm so happy this movie's coming out. And based off the footage they explained, it looks cool. I don't like what the poster's doing, though, other than with the, the Emperor stuff. I mean, if you took it out, that poster would be perfect. It'd be amazing. Um, which now leads me to think that the stuff with the Death Star is going to be early in the movie. Maybe not necessarily um, later in the movie. Uh, they also set a scene where, like, Ray throws her blue lightsaber like a boomerang, cuts a tree in half, and catches it back. So that... I, I just can't wait to see what this movie is. I'm sure a new trailer will drop soon as we get closer and closer to the movie releasing. Um, but that's really all they came out and said about that. No other news, obviously, since we're not getting another Star Wars movie for about three years after this. So, oh man, it'll be, it'll be very interesting. Um, but then, final bit of news that came out this weekend... Uh, for Disney 23, and then then we'll end the show. Uh, as Disney Parks news, I've um, got a lot of news about the new Star Wars hotel that's opening in Orlando. It will actually be called uh, Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, and it will be more of an experience than a hotel. And let's see, it will take place on a ship called the Halcyon, which looks kind of cool. It looks like a, uh, almost looks like a, a giant rebel blockade runner. No word on the in-universe builder or type of ship. And it's very large. Uh, they released an image of it next to the Falcon. Uh, it's almost what you'd assume a... It, it's almost what you'd assume a, a Star Wars ship or a cruise liner would look like. And they showed off a lot of cool concept art. That shows gambling, drinking, sleeping. Uh, it's an all-immersive adventure. That will, uh, it's a two days and two nights. That's it. Uh, they say like a cruise ship, everyone boards at once and everyone leaves at once. I don't know how that's going to fucking work with a hotel, especially for Disney. Uh, apparently you check in where you get a, in a special terminal. Uh, you get a, uh, you get on a launch pad that blasts you into space, blah, blah, that's where you meet up with the Halcyon. And, uh... Obviously, those you're not really launching into space. But this is what it says. Once you get to the ship, um, apparently how you experience that adventure is up to you. Uh, this is per IO on IO9 and Gizmodo as well. Um, I guess you can just kind of hang out in your room and watch the stars go by. I guess there's not going to be really any windows on, on, this, on this adventure. And uh, there's going to be stuff where you can learn how to be a hero... Use a lightsaber, pilot the ship. Uh, you can learn about the ship's defenses to fight the First Order. Um, I, I like how IO-9 did it. They said, just in case the First Order stops by, you'll be able to help. And then in parentheses, they'll be dropping by, like, obviously. Um, also says, crew com will be comprised of aliens. Every view, every window has a view into space, so no windows, which is weird, but not, not odd. Because um, it's more of an experience than a hotel. Uh, Chewie, Ray, Kylo, new and old characters. Um, there's one stop where you'll go to Batu and the Black Spire outpost of pretty much Galaxy's Edge, the new ride or new locations at each park. And uh, this is also apparently the 
more you explore the ship, the more stories you may find in lower decks and things of that nature. So more you interact and explore, the more opportunities open up to have new experiences. That's per io9 as well. I don't think this is going to be cheap, especially with it being a, a two-day adventure that you're kind of locked in for. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not expecting it to be less than five hundred dollars, and I'm guessing you'll have to be with like a family or something. You can't probably can't go by yourself because that'd be kind of weird. Um, but we got a lot of other news uh, for the parks and. Uh, the new uh, the new Avengers land at California Adventure um, because of contracts they can't really use a lot of Marvel stuff at their Orlando park um, because of an uh, old old contract that was done with Universal but uh, it's called Avengers Campus and the will the the main focus there will be obviously Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout which is already there. Uh, and then the other ride is going to be based around Spider-Man, where you can help the Worldwide Engineering Brig Brigade, or WEB. Uh, they help invent things for humans to help them become superheroes. Uh, Peter Parker's a member of it. Uh, says Peter Parker and his friends want guests, uh, per io9, want guests to test drive their latest invention, a web-slinging vehicle that allows anyone to sling webs like Spider-Man, of course, as that happens, one of Peter's and Parker's inventions, a spider bot, starts to glitch, multiply, and the test drive turns into a mission as guests have to shoot webs and defeat the spider bots. The concept art they showed for this is really cool. Uh, you're in a four-person vehicle. Um, obviously, it's going to be a dark ride. Um, almost reminds me of the new ride they opened at Legoland a couple years ago that was based on Ninjago. And instead of your traditional dark ride, almost like the, the Buzz Lightyear where you have like a light gun that you shoot, you actually like put your hands over like, uh, it was almost like a fan device that would sense like the air movement of your hands that acted as like how you threw like ninja stars or stuff on that ride. So uh, it's reminiscent of that, at least from the concept art. Uh, that will be the only ride that opens in 2020 as phase one. And uh, they don't know when the next ride will be, but that will be focused on Avengers, uh, where you fly on a Quinjet to Wakanda, things like this. Uh, it's going to have an all-new ride system, is what they're calling it, per Disney. Um, there's also going to be some other new things that will be opening up, like the Pim Test Kitchen, which is a new restaurant. Uh, it uses Pim particles to make things big or small. There will also be a Doctor Strange show, and then still obviously Mission Breakout. Um, however, Epcot is getting a, a huge major redesign. They'll be getting a Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Uh, it's called Guardians of the Galaxy Galactic Rewind. It is a roller coaster. It will be Disney's first reverse launch coaster. And on top of that, uh, Epcot will be getting three new lands, World Celebration, World Discovery, and World Nature. Spaceship Earth will be getting a, a refit internally, so that ride will change um, from telling human history to be more of a storytelling as they focus more on story at Epcot. Uh, the French Pavilion is getting a bit of a facelift and upgrade. Uh, they're getting the Ratatouille, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, which is coming from Disneyland Paris to the US, and also a Beauty and the Beast sing-along show. Uh, and then another pavilion to get an update. I guess Canada's just getting a redo of their show uh, but the UK Pavilion will also get a facelift 
as it will be made to look like the street that the Banks live on in Mary Poppins, and they'll also be getting some kind of Mary Poppins ride to go along with that. Um, then some other stuff for the international parks. Uh, Disneyland Paris will open a new hotel that focuses on Marvel artwork. It's called Disney's Hotel New York. And then, yeah, that's uh, the Star Wars Hotel in Orlando, which we talked about. Uh, Cirque du Soleil show. But uh, let me actually... That's kind of just brief stuff. Let me see what else I can find. Um, Disney's getting a new... Uh, looks like a new cruise ship that will have Rapunzel as their main character, the Disney Wish. And let me see, Star Wars Hotel. Uh, Disney Lakeside Lodge is opening up somewhere. Uh, new Disney Genie, which will help you plan your visit at Walt Disney World. Uh, Epcot's also getting some new shows. Um, just looking. Oh, China and Canada are getting new 360 Circle Vision things, I guess. Shows. I, I don't remember. I've only been to Epcot once. I didn't really see a lot of their pavilion. Uh, just a really good Chinese restaurant in the China pavilion. I'll say that. Uh, oh, they're getting something inspired by, by Moana at Epcot. And uh, also at Epcot, an expansion of Mission Space Pavilion, a new restaurant called Space 220. Uh, opens this year, and it uh, you take an elevator up to a space station. Again, no windows as it simulates that you're up in space. Yes. That's a thing. Uh, new... Uh, Epcot's world or front entrance will be getting a whole lot of. Uh, we'll get a rework essentially. Disney stores are being mini Disney stores are opening in Target. And then, what is this? Hong Kong Disneyland's getting a Frozen ride. Uh, Zootopia Land coming to Shanghai Disney. A new ride coming to Toontown in 2022. And... Oh, I wonder where they're going to put that. And a new... Uh, a new parade at Disneyland called Magic Happens. And it will feature... Inspiring moments of magic... At the heart of so many Disney stories. Uh, new floats with Moana, Coco, Sleeping Beauty, and more. So look for that at your Disney parks coming in the next couple of years. If you guys are annual pass holders, things like this. But uh, that's it for Nick's Nerd News. Thank you guys for sticking around for some from diff for a different take this week as we focused on Gamescom and Dis D23. A lot of gaming news, a lot of Disney news. I know that's uh, not normal for what we talk about here, but I know a lot of a lot of people love Disney and Disney parks. Um, I mainly paid attention because there was a lot of Marvel news and a lot of Star Wars news. So that that was my driving force. Hopefully we'll get to see that Star Wars footage this upcoming week. And we'll hopefully get to talk about it on next, next week's show. Uh, thank you guys for listening. As always, check us out at nixnerdnews.com where you can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. Or News. If you search on all three, you'll find us there. Also on the page, you can find links to our Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes. 
pages if you like to listen to the show on the go, where you can like and subscribe, or listen to the show right in your browser, if that's more your your speed. And uh, hopefully we'll be we'll be posting more on there. I, I know it's been a while, and I haven't put anything new, and just life gets in the way sometimes. I'm sure you guys are aware of. Um, maybe some video content will be dropping soon. Who knows? Uh, some things things are always in the works at Nick's Nerd News here. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Nick. Don't let haters get you down, and I will catch you guys on the flip side. Have a good one. <laughs>